It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, we are back for another edition of the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks for joining us once again. Our third show, can you believe it? Already get things rocking and rolling. Well, this past offseason after the Halos uh, didn't exactly go according to plan. Things sure started out great when they took on the Detroit Tigers, but then kind of fizzled in that series against the Oakland A's. So here's what's coming up on the podcast. We're going to hear from Cole Calhoun. Really good conversation with Cole Calhoun. Pretty revealing too, talking about the struggles that he had when he was uh, the first part of the year when he was hitting as low as 145 and his comeback from that because Cole Calhoun has been tremendous as of late. Uh, So that is coming up a little bit later on in the show. We had a couple of chats with Mike Trout. We'll be sure to share those with you as well. It was pretty special to have Vladimir Guerrero in the building on Friday night as he was celebrated for becoming the first ever to go into Cooperstown as an angel. I know we had a full episode last week talking all about Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, So we'll, we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well, including a chat with Vladimir Guerrero, Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero at that. But before we get to those conversations, let's talk about these series. First, the three-game sweep of the Detroit Tigers. Things were going really great early on in that series. I mean, right from the start, they get things started on that Monday game after really what was a pretty tough road trip when they went uh, to Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Got only one win on that trip, but come back with a 6-2 win on Monday night. Then on Tuesday, seven runs in the first inning en route to an 11-5 victory there. They would then blank Detroit 6-0 uh, on Wednesday there to complete the three-game sweep. But after Tuesday's win, I caught up with Andleton Simmons down on the field. Simba, for you, a third straight multi-hit game. You're hitting over 330 over the last dozen games. What's been different for you in terms of your approach to the plate? Um, nothing. Just going back to uh, what I did uh, when I was feeling really good. Um, just swinging at good pitches and uh, getting good results. Um, not, not, no real secret, but just uh, doing what I, I've been doing good the whole year. You guys got a seven-run cushion, really putting the pressure on early in this game. What's that do for you guys as a team when you're able to go get a big lead like that to start this one off? Um, it gives it gives the pitchers definitely more breeding room. Um, gives you it gives you more. Uh, you're confident you, you can score more runs um, since since you did it early. But um, they 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 fought back. Um, but um, but we, we we scored a couple more runs to to pan the lead again and uh, close the game out. 
considering your role as a leader, as a defensive player on this team, considering the job that uh, Caleb Cowart did last night, EY makes that great play on the outfield. How about this defense for the Angels? Um, it's been good, man. It's been good. Um, I'm really happy uh, what, what, what these guys bring. Um, I know they work hard every t- every day. They, they show up, and uh, it's showing great results, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going. Anderson, thanks for the time. No problem. Good stop from Simmons right there. Look, Andleton Simmons has been hot of late. Cole Calhoun has been hot of late. Justin Upton really is heating up. And we saw that in the Oakland series where things would finish with a game when he reached four times against the A's on Sunday uh, in a game that Justin Upton drove in two more runs. I mean, the fact that this guy is hitting 339, four homers, 13 driven in over his last 16 is a great thing that we're seeing from Justin Upton. And we saw saw that performance continue. Uh, Wednesday, he hit a home run against the Tigers. And then on Friday night, Justin Upton was in many ways the hero in that game. Uh, Jay Up comes up in the sixth inning. Cole Calhoun had hit a two-run homer to get the Angels back in it after we saw the A's jump ahead 3-0 in the first. But with a man on and a chance for Upton to represent the potential go-ahead run in the sixth, Jay Up would come through. Each team five hits now. Here's Upton batting, and he hits a high fly ball that's carrying out into left field. That ball is still carrying. It's out of here! Justin Upton has just gone deep. Two-run shot, and the Angels have a 4-3 lead. Angels would win that game. In fact, they got their first save in over a month on that Friday night victory over the A's. And I had a chance afterwards to talk with Justin Anderson, a guy that had faced four batters, struck them all out. But really, we talked about that being a team save for the Angels. Blake Parker ended up being the one to get that save, but Bedrosian was good in that game. Jim Johnson was good in that game. Jose Alvarez was good in that game. We already talked about Anderson and then Blake Parker as well. And for a guy that started in Felix Pena, who were originally was supposed to be a reliever he gives up three runs in the first inning and then really battled after that a good night for the angels in many many ways and afterwards here's my chat with justin anderson justin for you four batters face four punch outs tell me what was working for you tonight i just had you know the slider was there tonight you know it's really hadn't been there in the past few weeks honestly come back from the all-star break but uh t- you know just trying to get that feel for it again tonight i felt like i had it and just able to use that command the fastball tonight it's been a long time since this bullpen was able to pick up a save, but the way that you guys, as a unit, this almost felt like it was a team save tonight. Did you feel the same way? No, yeah, definitely. You know, they came in and told me, you know, just get this next hitter. I'm like, all right, that's, that's, that's what I had, you know. Then I got 3-2 on him. I was like, I, I have to get this guy out. You know, you can't let him get on base no matter what, what it is. So I was just going out there trying to make sure I got him out, and that's what I did. You guys have now won eight of your last nine home games. What is it about playing here at the Big A that is treating you so well of late? You know, we're just, we're just playing at home, you know, a little more relaxed, you know, see familiar faces a lot more often, but we need to keep it rolling. You know, we got a chance to make a push right here towards the end of September, so hopefully we keep it going. Thanks, Justin. Congrats on the win. No problem. Unfortunately for the Angels, that stretch of eight wins in nine games at the Big A wouldn't last too long. Halos would lose each of the next two. On Saturday night, we saw Tyler Skaggs really struggle in that game. He gave up seven earned runs, only went three and a third. And for Tyler Skaggs, that's now 17 earned runs allowed for him in six and two-thirds innings. Skaggs the next day would be placed on the DL with that adductor strain, so that continues to be a problem for Tyler Skaggs and injuries continue to be a problem for this Angels staff right now. Nick Tropiano was placed on the DL earlier in the homestand. So when you look at it, the Angels 
enter this road trip, nine games in 11 days, they got three starting pitchers, basically, and one of them in Felix Pena, we already talked about, was a reliever, really, that made the conversion. Another guy is Andrew Heaney, and then Jaime Berea. And think about this, Andrew Heaney was not on the opening day roster. Remember, he was coming off the DL, coming into the season. And Jaime Berea, a guy uh, that was not on the Major League roster to start the year either, as he got the call early when the Angels uh, had some injury trouble, even as early as April, but you know Jaime Berea uh, was not expected to be thrust into this role that he has been in. So the Angels starting pitching really is a problem. Mike Sosha is going to have to be very creative uh, with this rotation really the rest of the way because uh, these injuries are really starting to stack up. And before there were at least other arms the Angels could turn to for help to try to you know ride out the storm, uh, now we're getting to the point where I don't know how much longer this Angels staff can handle uh, any more more damage to the staff because there just aren't the arms right now. The guys in AAA have struggled, and you start looking at guys that are on the 40-man. Uh, there's even one in AA right now. Maybe that's a guy that we see at some point. The Angels really just got to be able to get through August, get to September 1st in the 40-man call-up, but it is going to be really tough uh, for the Angels even to get to that point as far as the pitching goes because another blow, and that also meant another blow bullpen day, and again, the bullpen was pretty good on Sunday. Uh, Taylor Cole got the start in that game. He would end up giving up three runs, only got four outs. That was disappointing. Jim Johnson gave up four runs. Everybody else pitched in that game out of the pen, with the exception of Noe Ramirez, who had gone two innings the night before, but it was a total staff day. Seven pitchers came into that game for the Angels, and most of them had done a good job, but uh, the struggles of Cole early, and then we saw Jim Johnson struggle big time in that fourth inning, and that was just too much for the Angels to overcome, so eight, seven A's ends up being the final there. Some tweets coming in right now. Ricky J 19 saying, only 19 home games remaining at the Big A this season. Really hope good things can still happen. Baseball has proven over time that comebacks never go out of style. Let's rally these next six weeks and surprise everyone we're still in it until we're not. Yes, right now, in the American League, uh, only the Baltimore Orioles can say uh, the party is over. Angels trying to stay in the mix here. The odds are uh, slim, to say the least, but uh, they do have odds nonetheless. Part of the reason why the Angels have been able to uh, at least stay afloat, like, you know, tonight was not a good night, but the, part of the reason why the Angels have even like kept themselves alive and in the mix has been because of the play of Cole Calhoun. For a guy that was sitting 145 before he was placed on the DL at the end of May, he has hit, coming into tonight's game, 291. 15 homers, 35 RBI, and a 44-game sample. He's getting on base at a great rate so far. Uh, His on-base percentage close to 360. Uh, Cole Calhoun does so many things so well. He is in the best stretch of his career in these last 45 games since he has come off the DL. He is a brand-new guy. And earlier tonight, I had a chat with Cole Calhoun, and here's our conversation. Hanging in the Angels clubhouse right now with Cole Calhoun as the Angels get set to take on Oakland here in the second game of the series. Cole, this second half for you has been off the charts. Like, How are you enjoying this second half that you're having? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely been a lot of fun. Fun to come to the ballpark and and uh, you know come out and compete and, and help this ball club win. And uh, playing some good baseball right now, so it makes it easy. 
you can kind of see that like radiating off you, like just being on the field and batting practice and all that. Something that you didn't see as much in May and June. Like, what's been the biggest difference for you? Uh, I don't know. I guess just kind of uh, having a consistent approach up there, something that's not changing from day to day. It's been uh, nice to find something that works and, uh, you know, having confidence in it and, and going out and playing well. We've seen you in the clubhouse. We've seen you wear this shirt, Embrace the Suck. What's that mean? <laughs> Just a shirt that Maldonado bought and uh, wasn't playing too well at the time and started to turn the corner a little bit. And, you know, it, when you're not putting up the numbers that you want to be putting up and uh you know you can't really do much about it so other than just embrace it so (laughs) that's all i tried to do take me back to that time uh when you were on the DL, when you went back to arizona what happened in there and what was what was that experience like i mean it was tough um obviously body wasn't feeling good and back was just locking up on me and uh so gave a few days and I uh, didn't do any baseball activities and, you know, was able to kind of reset and, and get my bearings a little bit, I guess. And uh, um, when I was able to start swinging, um, worked with uh, Jeremy Reed and Sean Wooten down there and, and uh, kind of showed me a, a few things and helped me get a better understanding of why I'm, I'm in trouble and and what I need to do to get out of it. And, uh, you know, since then, it just some stuff started to click and make a little bit of sense and make a little bit of adjustment and you know, come back up and, and try to help these guys win. Cool. I've said this on the air, and I think that there's a lot of life lessons that could kind of be said for the season that you've had and the ability to turn it around and to struggle as long as you did. Like, what do you take away from this experience? Uh, I mean, I think going through it, I, I kept telling myself there's going to be something to learn, and and I didn't know what it was at the time. I mean, I don't think anybody does whenever they're struggling, but looking back now, I mean, I was I, I went through kind of the – darkest baseball days I think you any major leaguer could really go through and uh you know kind of came out the other side so um never quit and always uh kept coming to the ballpark and and trying to get better and and uh you know I I don't know hard work pays off you could say uh but um you know I I've I've learned a lot about myself uh through this this whole process and uh you know hopefully some things that that could help me uh go further in my career but what's that like? Because I don't think that most people can have any idea to be able to relate to a, a struggle like that so public and, and so many people seeing. I mean, seriously, I, I don't think yeah. people can understand. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's hard. It's definitely hard. I mean, when you're going through it, uh, you're getting advice from, from all walks of life. I, I got my mom calling me and, and telling me what I used to do in Little League. and <laughs> So, I mean, just a bunch of different stuff. And, and uh, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough. It's tough mentally. It's uh, tough to stay positive. And, and I try to be a positive person. And, um, you know, so I think, you know, no one ever really wants to go on the DL. and But kind of a blessing in disguise to, to really take a breather and, and exhale a little bit and then, uh, you know, come back and, and get back to doing what you love. So fast forward to now, Mike Trout currently on the DL. You guys still hanging on to a glimmer of hope, trying to somehow sneak into the playoffs. They go, you know, the odds are long, no doubt about that. But you guys continue to battle. Uh, what is it like with this team right now as you guys try to make one final push here? Uh, I mean, we're just we're staying positive, you know, and we're coming to the ballpark every day trying to win, and uh, you know that's the name of the game, and and uh, we're putting up some wins uh, here lately, and uh, we've been playing some really good teams, and. Got another good team in the A's uh, in town right now, and you know, just uh, going to go out and and put our our 
best foot forward and go out and compete and, and try to win another ball game and just kind of take it day by day and wherever this thing ends up is where it's going to end up you know and um you know it's it's uh definitely not where we where we wanted to be and um losing a couple guys uh, to trades is is tough and but with the guys that are in this clubhouse we believe in each other and going to go out and uh and compete together and for you personally, now you're in that leadoff spot. Mike Socia said yesterday, hey, it doesn't matter righties, lefties. Cole's going to be at the top of the order every day. What's that do for you like, confidence-wise and knowing like, that's a spot where you're supposed to produce? Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, for <laughs> coming from where I came from this year and to where I am now, it's, uh, you know, it feels good. It feels good to have your, your manager's uh, support and confidence and, and your teammates' support and confidence. And, um, you know, just going forward now and, and knowing that, each day you come in, you're gonna you're gonna be somewhere near the top. There is uh, that's awesome. So, um, looking forward to it and, and going out and trying to do what I do. Appreciate it, Cole. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Really good stuff from Cole Calhoun right there, and appreciate him spending some time with us. Some of your tweets on this. Naoko is listening in Japan and writes in, uh, message to Cole, you have lots of fans in Japan because of your diehard playing style and your great personality. Also, your relationship with Otani-san, your bow to Otani-san is so nice. I'm so glad you are doing so good after the DL uh, bit from a big fan in Japan. Uh, thank you, Naoko, uh, for writing in and saying that. I'm sure Cole appreciates that message and hopefully somebody uh, can relay that to him. Ricky J19 wanted to wait back in uh, writes in extremely proud and happy about the way Colt Calhoun reestablished his swing in early June. Not everybody has the character and work ethic to change the way they are doing things. Being a good listener embracing humility and not being afraid to sweat. That's the thing about Colt Calhoun and a nice tweet right there uh, from Ricky J19 he has worked so hard in this and you could just feel it with Cole Calhoun the struggles that he has or that he had were unbelievable and I just talk about batting practice and watching him like I saw him take BP uh, yesterday and his first three swings he hit the ball hard the other way first three swings all went to left field and you could just say hey he was locked in and in a groove and when it was April and in, in May, I mean, you could see Calhoun trying to hit the ball the other way. For the life of him, he couldn't do it. and changed everything, and part of that's mental, part of it's physical, part of it's mechanical, and he has changed just about everything. And the one thing that has stayed constant about Cole Calhoun is work ethic. In fact, that's the reason why I think he even got put on the DL, is because I think he was working so hard, his body couldn't keep up with how hard he was pressing and trying to run this thing going. So uh, that was... Um, uh, really, you know, I, I thought I'm, I'm really appreciative for Cole Calhoun to be able to join us uh, on the show and be able to talk about the struggles. I know that's still not an easy thing for him, and and while he is playing better, um, like that's still pretty fresh. What happened this year, and, and I think that, like I told Cole in that interview, there are a lot of life life lessons that you can take away from the struggles of Cole Calhoun to where you just never quit. You continue to work through it and to go through your darkest days and still, like you said, be able to see the other side of it i think is a lesson uh, for each and every one of us another thing that is important to talk about right now is the injury to mike trout who is eligible to return on thursday and the angels trying to battle without him i know we addressed that in our conversation with cole calhoun but there's been a lot to talk with mike trout about and we did that of course on this homestand this past tuesday it was mike trout's birthday is 27 turned 27 and he decided to celebrate in a pretty unique way 
And here's our chat with Mike Trout. Join now in the Angels Clubhouse with Mike Trout. Mike, first of all, happy birthday today. Uh, for you, this is one of those days, I know everyone's coming up to you wishing you a happy birthday. What's it like to get the kind of uh, respect and admiration from like everybody when you're walking around? That's uh, great. You know, obviously, uh, birthdays are, you know, fun to fun to be a part of. Um, you know, just uh, it's a pretty cool day, pretty special day. Um, you know, it comes once a year, so it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool during the season. You see other guys, and um, you know, it's just uh, you know, a good day. Mike, it's no secret the impact that you've made on so many fans. I don't know if you saw much of this on social media, but over the All Star break, there were a lot of fans that were telling Mike Trout stories, like on Twitter and whatnot. What do you make of that, and what people think about you, and, and those personal connections? Yeah, no, it's it's great. You know, it's what uh, you know an athlete's for. You know, I think just being a good role model for the kids role model for uh you know people in general just putting smiles on their face I always try to be a great person wherever i go if it's you know obviously doing you know playing a baseball game or you know seeing them on the you know outside the outside the field so it's it's always uh good to you know put smiles on their face even today i know you, you get up this morning after last night's game late night you get up want to spend some time at chalk hospital yeah. uh, with those kids uh, can you tell me about uh, why that is so important to you and why you choose to do that even even on what's supposed to be your day giving yeah. you spend it giving back um yeah it's, it's just pretty special going to see them um you know there's sometimes they're you know it's tough walking in there but uh you know it's always good seeing the smiles and the reactions they get when we go in there and um yeah i think it's great that the angels you know do that you know every year and you know every chance i get to do it um you know i, I take, take advantage of it you know it's uh just the reaction is priceless and you know you know it's just you, you don't know what could you know brighten their day up and I think you know uh, if you make that effort to go in there and you know it's uh it's pretty cool you know I went in there a couple of times a couple of the kids had the same birthday as me so uh, we're, we we're spending that time and it was a you know good birthday gift for them Here's the thing about Mike Trout. Look, there have been so many people that have uh, talked about the impact that Mike Trout has made on their lives. And think about this for a second. So when the commissioner is talking at the All-Star game and and there's all this stuff flying around about marketing and who should be doing what and how much you know effort should be putting in, I love that Mike Trout is a guy that's about substance. And you can do a commercial and make an impact by having your face recognized and being, you know, visible to so many people, being a household name at a certain level. Mike Trout, I think in the baseball world, is definitely that. I think in the sports world, is definitely that. In terms of all things pop culture and celebrity, he's probably not. But those that are fortunate enough, and there are a lot of you out there, that have gotten just a couple of moments with Mike Trout, or even just a singular moment with the greatest baseball player in the world. And there is the hashtag Mike Trout moments that angelswin.com put together, and they got this thing started, and you see it all over the place, people telling personal stories about Mike Trout. I have all kinds of stories that if you wanted me to share ever on this podcast, I'd be happy to. The list is so long because I have seen Mike Trout make that impression on somebody that is a lasting impression that people will have with them for the rest of their lives stories that they will tell their grandchildren about someday i think that what mike trout does to connect on a personal level with hundreds of people every single day is absolutely incredible sure he can film a 30 second spot that's going to be seen by millions mike trout's probably interacted with millions and connected with every single one of them on a personal level and there is no replacement for that 
internet. That is the greatest way to market oneself you possibly can. And I say that too because it's genuine. Mike Trout does not care about marketing. He does not care about celebrity. He cares about making a personal impact with all kinds of people. And he does that. You even heard him in the interview say, hey, that's what an athlete is supposed to do. To have that kind of perspective is absolutely incredible. On Saturday night, uh, they showed on the big screens here at Angel Stadium, there was the video, the the documentary basically made by ESPN's show E60 that they put together that Buster Olney uh, had reported on. Buster had said it had taken 18 months uh, in the making to put that show together. It was about 18 minutes of unbelievable content all about Mike Trout and his family. And I mean, even from, you know, Mike Trout, you know, being brought to tears when he was reflecting on uh, the moment when he saw his wife, Jessica, walking down the aisle on their wedding day and how special that was to him and so many different things. Being on the phone with Jim Cantore, talking about the weather, uh, his time in Millville, New Jersey. It's incredible. Uh, there are pl- there are ways to find that online if you haven't seen it, if you weren't at the ballpark, uh, to see it on the big screens here, if you didn't watch it live on ESPN. I highly recommend it to get to know more about Mike Trout, the person. Let's talk about Mike Trout, the player, for the second, because he is still sidelined at the moment. And we talked about what was going on with his wrist injury. He was supposed to be back by Friday's game game to start the series against Oakland. There was an off day the day before. The hope was that he was going to be able to take some swings on the field on that Thursday and then be ready for Friday's game. That wasn't the case. Instead, he's placed on the 10-day disabled list, retroactive to August the 6th, so he is eligible to return on the 16th. And here's our chat with Mike Trout about his wrist. It's frustrating, obviously, because you we come in, I, you, you try to, you know, Make it get better every day. Uh, you know, just the last couple of days, it's been the same. Um, you know, it's uh, it's tough, but uh, I think you know these next next couple of days are you know big for me. I tried to swing yesterday, and it just uh, it was just really you know achy and sore, so it was uh, you know, it was tough. So, like, what have the last couple of days been like? Like, what kind of things have you been trying to do uh, to be able to continue with your rehab here? Yeah, just uh, trying to get the information down in there, um, icing you know every every hour uh, as much as you can. Um, you know, it's tough because you, you know, I want to be out there. You know, I obviously don't want to go on a DL. Uh, I tried to, tried to, you know, fight through it and just, uh, you know, it was, it was bothering me dry swinging yesterday. So it was, uh, you know, it was tough. Do you have any explanation as to why this is taking longer than I think you thought it would take? Um, no, you know, it's just, uh, you know, wrists are tough. You know, you need your wrist to hit. You need your wrist to throw, you know, especially my right one. So it's, uh. You know, you don't want to be up at a, in the box, you know, thinking about it. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's been it's been tough because, like I said, I'd, I'd rather be out there playing. Like, how hopeful are you that when the 10 days is up that you'll be able to be back? Uh, you know, like I said, just trying to get better. I want to I want to be back the 16th. I think that's the day that they, they said. Um, you know, just like I said, I'm doing as much as I can to, you know, get it, make it better. And, you know, just, uh, you know, wrists are tough. So that's Mike Trout talking about his injury and his hopes to be back. I mean, it is interesting for what it's worth where Mike Trout is going to end up in this MVP conversation. I mean, the season that Mookie Betts is having and the year that the Red Sox are having, I kind of have a hard time thinking it is going to be somebody other than Mookie Betts. And then when you think about what Jose Ramirez is doing in Cleveland, uh, the odds kind of stacked against Mike Trout this season just because of where the Angels are in the standings right now and just the incredible seasons that those guys are having. I I think... uh, 
you could still pretty definitively say Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. I got all the confidence in the world saying that, but gosh, the seasons that uh, some of those other guys are having, it is going to be tough for Mike Trout to be named MVP. Speaking of MVPs, Mike Trout, one of three Angels to ever be an MVP. Yep, Trout's done it twice. Don Baylor has an MVP, and so does Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero. Yes, Vladdy, the first to ever go into Cooperstown as an Angel. He was at the Big A on Friday night. It was an awesome ceremony. And before the ceremony, we had to catch up with Vladimir Guerrero, check in about his trip, and hear all about his experience at the Hall of Fame. Vladdy, how was your time in Cooperstown? Bueno, muy bien. I had a great time. I didn't have a whole lot of time to uh, to rest, but I'm very happy about how things went and to be able to spend time with so much, of those, so many of those guys in the Hall of Fame is uh, pretty special. Yeah. How exciting is it for you now to come back to Angel Stadium as Hall of Famer, Vlad Guerrero? Muy contento, muy contento. Me siento contento ya que el año pasado también me tenían. Very happy to keep sharing with the fans here because last year I got the experience of sharing with them as I was inducted into the Angels Hall of Fame. But uh, to come back now as a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, very happy to be able to say that and share that with the fans. How would you describe how important Angels baseball in, in this organization is to you? Bueno, que jugué siete años con. I feel very happy about the Vladi. Um, the Vladi that you know got to Anaheim was the one that, after seven years in Montreal, we're thinking about making our, preparing our suitcases to head back to the Dominican in the month of August. I got to experience here in Anaheim that you play baseball in August because you're winning, and to be able to play here for the six years and then go to the playoffs and win the division are things that I remember forever. But so winning is a key thing that I remember about being here. There's Vladimir Guerrero uh, talking before the game, and that was Jose Moda translating there. And that last comment that Vlad Guerrero made, I tell you what, like when I think Vlad Guerrero, as much as I think about his bright smile and his ability to hit any pitch anywhere, even if it's nowhere near the zone, as much as I think about that, to me, Vlad Guerrero is synonymous with winning. He has two of my all-time favorite stats. The fact that, one, he never had a 100-strikeout season is a big deal to me. Two, the fact that the Angels won the American League West five of the six years that he was here uh, is just incredible. So now I want to take some time. I want to read some of your tweets as we can all share together our thoughts and memories of Vlad Guerrero as an Angel. We'll start with Susan at Reds MM saying Vlad Guerrero hitting the ball that bounced in front of the plate for a double also liking him, uh, liking my tweet of the clapper giveaway that you use as your Christmas tree topper. Way to go, Susan. The Vlad Guerrero clapper uh, is your Christmas tree topper. I, I think that that uh, is worthy of a round of applause here. Yeah, I agree. Thank you to our live studio audience for that. Really good there. Uh, Janet Planet writes in saying, not one specific moment, but I have always loved Vladdy's attitude. He was always smiling and laughing, and it always made me smile to watch him play such a great game. Plus, how can you not love a man with a strike zone that went from his nose to his toes? There were a lot of people using that uh, phrase tonight in thinking about Vladimir Guerrero at Jared G. Brass saying, saw Vlad take a pitch up and in, and he hit the next pitch out for a homer, then got thrown out uh, up and in, and the bench is cleared. Vlad stood at home plate watching. I think it was against the Mariners. That was uh, a great moment. I I definitely... remember that there I'm a little vague on the details but uh, yes I I remember they threw up and in at Vladdy and he just stood there and the benches went clearing 
That also speaks to the kind of teammate Vlad was and the friend he was to his teammates. I mean, these guys had his back. They loved him. He was uh, as much of uh, a key part of um, the culture as anything else here uh, with the Angels. And just talking to people that were around when Vladdy was playing here, everyone says that his smile was infectious and you felt it everywhere and his teammates loved him to death. And I think that that speaks volumes. Nick says the comeback in Boston in the 2009 playoffs. Yeah, that was uh, huge. He's got a lot of moments against Boston. Uh, Tracy from Cali even changed her name to hashtag Big Daddy Vladdy. Says the 9 RBI game. Yeah, remember that one against the Red Sox? Pedro Martinez started that game. Vladdy, it's a two-run shot off of him. The only time he faced him in that game uh, ended up driving in 9 of the Angels' 10 runs uh, that day against the Red Sox. That was incredible. Uh, Brian Rivera saying the base hit off the pitch that bounced before home plate in Baltimore for sure. David Meredith. Uh, says the last week of his MVP 2004 season, he hit several homers and they clinched the division in Oakland. Again, Vladimir Guerrero, synonymous with winning. Keith G. Mackey says, was at his 9-RBI game in the two, in 2004 against Boston and Pedro Martinez, and then obviously the base hit to beat Boston in the 2009 playoffs. Yes, the last time the Angels won a playoff series uh, that 2009 year. Uh, at Christopher Kiyoshi saying, quote, uh, watching Vlad throw the baseball from the third baseline into the right field stands in New York, not only did the, the swing of his bat get him into the Hall of Fame, but his arm was pretty amazing, too. Yeah, everyone likes to talk about Vlad Guerrero, the hitter. How about Vlad Guerrero, the defensive player, and the arm that he had, the cannon. Actually, even saying cannon doesn't even do it justice. Vladdy had such a strong arm out there in right field. Uh, Stuart Matthews says, My favorite was when I was living in England, was trying to teach an English friend about baseball. Uh, Vlad got a hit on a ball that bounced in front of the plate. He said, So it is cricket. And I had no response, except not every player can do that. Uh, Stuart Matthews, good call right there, Stu. Yeah, good luck trying to explain that baseball's not like cricket when Vlad Guerrero is at the plate. Uh, That's pretty funny there. Tom says, when he was on the Expos and threw a guy out at home on the fly from the outfield wall. Again, just talking about Vladdy's power. Rick Anderson saying, hitting pitches six inches off the ground out of the yard. Yes, at Rick Anderson OC, he did do that. Um, MLB Girl says, I don't know who coined the phrase from his nose to his toes, but I loved watching him hit like that, getting hits off of pitches way outside the strike zone. It was awesome. Another tweet here. I love this from all of our fans here writing in tonight. Sandra uh, Lewinowski saying, Vladdy's mama making food for the whole clubhouse. Let me tell you something, Sandra. The amount of people that rave about Vlad's mom's cooking even to this day is crazy. Just ask Mike Sosha, and uh, he will be the first one to tell you of everything he loved about Vladdy. I think the spread that came uh, all the time was a big deal uh, to Sosha right there. Uh, Misty Wolf writes in saying how he brought a talent, fun, and joy to the team. Everyone back then was always trying to be like Vlad. It was fun to watch. I totally agree with that. I love all the tweets uh, that we're getting tonight. So much fun. I'm glad all of you were here or those that were able to be here celebrating his induction into Cooperstown. The first to go in with an angel cap on his plaque. Hopefully many people at the game tonight had a chance to take a picture with Vladdy's plaque. It was available for a photo op. Uh, It was really, really cool uh, to see all that tonight. So that was from Friday's show. And then on Sunday after the final game of the homestand I caught up with former angel Shikatoshi Hasegawa who is hanging out at the Big A. 
hanging down on the field with former Angel great Shigatoshi Hasegawa. Shigi, what's going on, man? How are you? Ah, it's been busy. I try to be a pro, and I got to watch the game, you know, for uh, Japanese TV, or all kind of stuff. So, yeah. I was going to say, today is the PGA Championship, and we got we got to find the best golfer that I could find here in the building, and, and there you are. Here you go. You know, uh, I don't think I can play there, but I can play senior tour. I mean, you know, that's my dream, you know, yeah. if I can play the PGA you know, championship or, you know, Augusta, whenever. But you just turned pro, so, like, what's what's that been like? Uh, you know, uh, I was thinking about it from last year, you know. I turned to the 50 this August, it's about time, you know. Senior tour, you, you have to be the, you know, a pro. You know, as an amateur, it's fine, too. You know, if you won, you know, uh, U.S. amateur, I mean, you, you don't have to win, you know. You, you If you go to the final, too, you know, you can go to Augusta. How good it is, you know. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the best way to do it. Hey, yeah. I, I, when you when you talk with professional athletes, some guys never lose the drive, never lose the competition. Yeah. Uh, I guess you, my friend, are, are one of those guys. So let's talk about this Angels team for a second. Yeah, because yeah. where this Angels team is right now, obviously they're not in the position uh, that they thought they would be at this point in the years. We're trying to see this pitching staff just try to stay healthy. And what are some things that? That you have seen from, from these Angels starting pitchers this year in particular. We'll talk about the relievers in a second. About yeah. Just trying to find ways to battle and stay in this thing. Because I know injuries have been such a big part of this season. I know. You know, uh, actually, you're thinking about too much about the uh, you know, team. It is right, but you can't think about too much about team. You know, you got to think about you, you know. How can he, how can be, you know, staying healthy or, you know, how can I eat? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, they got to think about it. There has never been, I don't think, ever been a better time if you are a relief pitcher in terms of value now than ever before. We are seeing a game of baseball where uh, relief pitchers are becoming such a major thing. Even today, we're seeing a bullpen day from this Angels team. Uh, how, how do you think things have changed from the time when, when you were a reliever for this Angels team versus here we are in 2018 and, and so many different relievers have been used? Yeah, you know, actually, I was a starter in Japan. So, you know, I came here and I started throwing from the bullpen. It sucked, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. But, you know, even at my age, they start using the bullpen a lot. And also, you can make money a lot, too. So, that's the that's the key, you know. Even if you don't like it, you don't like to pitch from the bullpen, you get money. And it's the same thing, you know. You got to face to the good hitters, yeah. you know. And also, you know, if you pitch from an eighth inning, you know, start, as a starter, if you go, you know, you, you want to pitch eighth inning, you got to go eight innings, right? Yeah. So that's tough, you know. You can you can come in from the bullpen just the, for the, you know, eighth inning, ninth inning. It's fun. Fun to face the, you know, uh, the end of the game, face the good hitters. you got to enjoy that moment. So if you do that, you, you're going to get a good success. Let's talk about Shohei Otani for a second, who is continuing to progress in his rehab. We found out earlier today that uh, the hope is that he's going to be able to throw another bullpen tomorrow and uh-huh. keep inching his way back uh-huh. uh, towards the end of the season. What have you seen uh, from Shohei? Just I know you've been around the team the last couple of weeks yeah. and, and yeah. seeing him in his rehab. What are some things that you're seeing? You know what? You know, as a hitter, he's enjoying it. You know, right now, as a pitcher's, it's not fun, you know what I mean? Like a rehab assignment, you know, you do just a play catch and bullpen a little bit. But he's going to enjoy the moment, you know, when he get to the, get onto the mound. So I want to see it. So Do you think he can be a guy that can sustain this two-way playing thing? You know, it's tough. But nobody doing it. So that's the, I think that's the, his dream. You know, my two-way 
game is a baseball and a golf right now, right? <laughs> so if I can do that, he can do that too. It's I'll, not easy. I know that. I love it. Shiggy, always fun hanging out. Appreciate right. you. Okay, thank you. Thank All you. right. Man, always cool seeing Shigatoshi Hasegawa hanging out at Angel Stadium. Hey, get your red on. Experience the excitement at Angels Baseball with your group of 20 or more and get tickets for as low as $8 per seat. You can call 888-796-HALO or visit angels.com slash groups for more details. Also, got to tell you about our Coca-Cola Friends and Family Fun Pack. How about this deal? For only $44, you can get four tickets, four hot dogs, and four soft drinks. For more information regarding the Coca-Cola Friends and Family Fun Pack, Go visit angels.com slash fun pack. When the Angels get back, how about this? We're throwing our homestand back to the 80s. to when the Angels face the Houston Astros. That's coming up Friday, August the 24th at 7 p.m. Fans in attendance will receive an 80s replica jersey courtesy of Pachanga Resort and Casino while supplies last. For more information, visit angels.com slash promotions. We alluded to this in the Shigatoshi Hasegawa interview. Shohei Otani making very good progresses. He continues to work back uh, from his injury. He's doing great things to the plate, and hopefully we'll see him uh, on the mound before the end of the season, Uh, at least as of my conversation on Sunday morning uh, on August the 12th. uh, Mike Sosha told me and told other reporters as well that the Angels remain optimistic that Shohei Otani could pitch in a game by the end of the season. Thanks to everybody that joined us on the show, especially Cole Calhoun, Shigatoshi Asagawa. Thanks to Justin Anderson. Thanks to Anderson Simmons. Thanks to Mike Trout and Vladimir Guerrero, Hall of Famer Vladimir Guerrero, all for being a part here of the Angels Recap Podcast. We'll catch up with you after the next Angels homestand. For now, I'm Trent Rush, and enjoy this road trip. The Angels hopefully trying to stay in this mix to make a push towards October. Take care, everybody. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.